My name is Deborah. I'm a writer who loves all things money. I'm Hui Yu, and I'm a financial advisor who wants to help you fall in love with money. And you're listening to Good Girls Talk About Money, the monthly podcast where we talk about how you can build a clearer picture of your financial well-being and be more confident about money in general. Hey, hello, how are you? Happy Good Friday! Oh yeah, Happy Good Friday! I Public keep thinking holiday. today's a Saturday. Oh, it's great, it's a long weekend. Uh, how has things been for you since since we last spoke, Hui? Uh, I got a bit sidetracked yesterday because my mom was hospitalised. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's going on, but she had very severe uh, giddy spells. Then the GP advised her um, to get hospitalised, go to the A&E, and they, they just want to rule out stroke. But she seems fine today, I'm not sure. She just went for her MRI this morning. Wow, okay, I mean, it's quite, I wouldn't say, well, timely may not be the correct word to use, but... For the topic today. Yeah, for the topic today, because something medical happened to me recently as well, and yeah, and since that's the case, well, we might as well reveal what is the topic that we're going to talk about today, and it is... You you say, you say. (laughs) Health insurance. Is it correct to say that it's health insurance, or is it a hospital and surgery insurance, or is it integrated shield plan? What is the correct umbrella term to use for the topic? They all bring you back to the same thing, which I mean, they are loosely, interchangeably used. Um, previously, when I first joined the industry, it used to be called HNS, which is Hospital and Surgical, right? And then they changed it to IP, Integrated Shield Plan. Mm-hmm. So now I guess people are more familiar with IP. Okay. Yes, I, I know you have a very strong emotions about today's topic. <laughs> yes, so before we continue, um, just note that today's uh, recording might contain some expletives and strongly worded language. So if you are uncomfortable when people use um, words like that in your presence, uh, please log out now and go to another <laughs> podcast. That's all I can say. You have been warned. Yeah, that's right. So, um, on to, I mean, let's, let's, let's get started regarding why we decided to talk about this. So, in, I, think, I think about three weeks ago, I went to see a doctor um, and basically to talk about getting two lumps on my back removed. Mm-hmm. Now, um, lumps are a particular concern for me because, um, you know, um, I've had family and relatives who, who have been, you know, cancer patients before. So, even though, you know, there are lots of literature and information out there on the internet telling you when is a lump of particular concern, I decided that I didn't really want to sit around and have two lumps on my back. Mm. So, went to see a doctor to talk about removing them. And then the doctor also said, like, you know, basically, they can't just remove a lump and then send you on your way home. They need to take the lumps out and then they need to send it to a lab to just confirm that it is okay, you know, that kind of stuff. So all in all, the surgery will cost around $12,000. And um, the doctor, you know, said that he's experienced with the whole procedure, helping uh, patients with the the paperwork or the claims and things like that. So I contacted my insurance agent and said like, look, I have to get surgery done. Mm. I just want to know if this medical insurance that I've been paying for since 
God knows when, will cover, um, first of all, my stay in a private hospital because this is a doctor who's operating out of uh, Mount Elizabeth. And, um, and you know, do, is there anything that I need to do? Or do I, like, do I have to pay a certain amount before I can get this, this thing seen to? You know, that kind of thing. So I think from a consumer's point of view, it suffice to say that as a customer, I wouldn't know the ins and outs of my insurance policy off the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. Usually when you need to make a claim, you will go to your agent. Mm -hmm. You will go to the person who sold you that policy and you know to ask for advice regarding what to do next, right? So kudos to my insurance agent. She was very thorough. She went to do her homework. She went to ask the claims department before she got back to me with some answers. But I know it's not her fault because they are just the ones selling the policies, right? I think what got me really worked up and angry over is the way the system works. Right. Okay, so basically she came back and I will just read her answers um, here, uh, word for word. So uh, one thing you might want to take note is that our premier plans have claim-based premiums. So take note of this term, claim-based premiums, meaning once you make a claim for more than $1,000, then your premium for next year will increase upon renewal. Then it will slowly come back down subsequently year by year should there be no more claims. It will be higher should the bill be more than $5,000. So you might want to consider how you tell your doctor about your coverage because medical costs have gone up exponentially. Now listen up. Due to overcharging by practitioners when it comes to insurance claims that covers in full, which was why claim-based premiums were introduced to reduce unnecessary cost. Right. Okay, so now for those of you who are like thinking that's a huge chunk of stuff you just read, at, read out at us, steps, what, what, what are you trying to say? So basically, what I'm trying to explain here is this. For many years, I have paid for a medical insurance. Basically, in times, for times like this, when I need to get an operation done, and I'm hoping that my insurance will cover in full. in full, which is why I pay for extra riders, which is why I pay for the best plan there is, you know, that my money can afford. Okay. And now when I need to claim this for this um, insurance, I'm being told that depending on how much my bill is, my premiums for next year will go up. Mm. And this was never ever told to me when I first bought this insurance. Okay. And the thing is, the reason why this is being instituted is because over the past few years, doctors have been overcharging. Some doctors. Some doctors, okay, yeah. Some doctors have been overcharging. And so insurers feel like maybe doctors have been abusing the system, getting more money than they rightfully should. And so they, they've decided to institute this whole claim-based premium mm. thing. But my question now is, as a customer, as someone who's been paying premiums faithfully, religiously, this you know, with high amount of discipline, so that I can be covered on, you know, for situations like this, you are telling me that because of some doctors who've been overcharging, now the insurance industry has decided to pass the cost on to customers. Mm -hmm. So basically, as doctors get richer. The insurance company can't do anything. And the message I'm getting is, as a customer, 
I'm paying for this. Mm. I don't know what you feel about it, but I felt absolutely angry about it. Of course. So, so that's, that's something I want to leave you guys to think about. Okay, so basically, what do you have to say about that? Since you are from the financial advisor, you know, advising industry. Okay, as I speak, I'm aware that I'm wearing two hats. Mm. First, as, a, as an advisor. Second, as a consumer. Because I also own an integrated shoe plan that I have bought since, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago. And you are right in that when I first bought the plan, it was a full coverage, first dollar reimbursement plan. And I bought it exactly because I didn't want to worry about the cost of uh, medical bills or hospitalization. And um, when I was still in school, my mom had cancer. And I got quite scared thinking about how to foot the bills because, like I mentioned in, my, in our earlier podcast, my dad's a gambler. So the medical bills um, was, was constantly a threat to me. And that's why when I started working, I bought the best um, medical insurance that I could afford. And I expected to be taken care of what I needed to claim. Mm-hmm. And like you, I have never claimed until last year when I had to remove some cysts from my breast. Mm. Okay, so let's, let's unpack a few things here. When we both first bought the policy, we bought the rider mm. to cover the co-payment and no, sorry, the deductibles and the co-insurance. Yep. Okay. Fast forward many years. In 2018, March, that's when the, the insurance industry announced that in, um, consumers will start to have to co-pay in 2021. So they gave a three-year lead time. Mm. And even in 2018, when it was first announced, there was a lot of resentment and unhappiness. Okay. Because policyholders like yourself, like me, we were wondering out loud, why are we penalised? We have been diligently paying for our premiums. We don't claim unnecessarily. We don't even like going to the hospitals for no reason. It's not the the most fun place. I wouldn't hang out there if Mm -hmm. I had nothing to do. So why am I being penalised? And the reason that was given to us back then was there have been claims or cases where doctors knowingly overcharged. So for example, if you went to see a, a specialist one of the first few questions they will ask you is, do you have your own insurance? And if you say, yes, full rider, yes, he will then ask you, okay, even though I operate at both a a government restructured and a private hospital, and here are the two different prices, I would suggest that maybe you go to the private hospital because the treatment is better. More comfortable. More comfortable. You get maybe clay pot rice. You get, (laughs) it's true, it's true, okay? Then, of course, he or she will tell you that but you don't have to fork out a single cent. Your insurance will cover every single cent. And you're like, yeah, why not, right? It's like a, a staycay. I get better service. Mm. Sure. And I mean, I'm just citing the, the, one of the less serious incidents. There have been very serious breach in claims, mm. which then got found out. But due to such, for lack of a better word, malpractices, the insurance industry decided to sit down and ask what they can do to, to stem, what do you even call this? Claims fraud. I wouldn't say they're fraud. I would just say that given the choice of staying at the Ritz and staying at Hotel 81, 
You will, you will still choose the Ritz, what? And you're within your rights to choose the Ritz. Okay, okay. For, from the position of the consumer, of course. Yeah. Because to you, of course you will choose the more comfortable, especially if you're sick mm. and you just had surgery. Mm. Okay, for me, I am more inclined to question the doctors because they control the pricing. And yeah. of course we can understand why the patient will want to stay somewhere more comfortable post-surgery. But is there a guideline to how much the, the specialist charges mm. for his or her services? Yeah. And this is one thing that the, the insurance industry couldn't control. Okay, I'm going to interject here a little bit before I lose this overwhelming feeling of aggression <laughs> and agitation. Okay, so as a consumer, you present me with choice A, B or C when it comes to you know, buying insurance, health healthcare insurance, right? So you can say like, that's, there's all these medical insurance out there that you can buy. If you buy choice C, you can only use C wards in public hospitals. And mm. maybe, you know, the operation that you get is performed by student doctors or something like that. Okay, maybe that's like the lowest of the lowest, the bare necessity, okay? Choice B, B and C ward in public hospitals as well. But you are assured that at least your doctors have already passed. Okay, and they are fully qualified to do your operation. Maybe you won't get clay pot rice, you will get nasi lemak. Okay, for example. Choice A, which is what we bought, covers private hospitals, public hospitals. And over the years, we have been paying that extra amount of money for the right to choose a public hospital if we so want to. Mm. So the, the thing about you know whether the patient is being presented with private hospital, public hospital, that's, for me, is a moot point. Because what I know as a consumer is I pay for a plan that allows me to choose public or private hospitals and it's entirely up to me. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So the thing is, you know, it's, it's almost, the analogy I will use is like saying that, oh, you know, buy travel insurance, okay? Choice C is if your luggage gets delayed, uh, lost, your flight gets delayed, you are sent to Timbuktu instead of New York, okay? And we will, we will reimburse you the amount it takes for, to, for you to buy the flight ticket back to Singapore. So at least you'll be home safe. Choice A is, wow, you know what? We'll put you in the best hotel in Timbuktu, find your luggage for you, make sure you get a limo, drivers wherever you go, until you are safely back at home with all your belongings with you in one piece. Okay, choice C costs you $5 a day. Choice A costs you $55 a day. The point is, I paid that $55 a day so that I can have access to all these services if I so choose to have it. So right now, you're telling me that, you know, basically, um, the insurance industry is concerned that, you know, when presented with these two choices, I, as a consumer, have the responsibility to be prudent in my choice for consideration of a big industry, insurance, that's been rolling in the billions and the millions over all these years from all our premiums. Where is the justice in that? I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a socialist, okay, unless you can, you, if you haven't already been able to tell. But the point is, I have chosen to pay for all these bells and whistles, and if I so choose to have these bells and whistles, it is my right as a consumer. Don't tell me that, you know, you should have been prudent because now you see everyone suffers. The point is, there was 
there have been a range of options for the consumers. And if a consumer chooses to have the top-of-the-range insurance plan when it comes to you know, their medical health and coverage, then don't, don't turn around and tell me, oh, because over the years, people have chosen to stay in private hospitals over public hospitals. That, to me, is a moot point. Okay, so anyway, I also asked my, I also asked my insurance agent, so why, why isn't the insurers doing anything to keep the doctors in line? Because they are the ones, I'm sorry doctors, okay, doctors, friends of my doctor, relatives of my, doctors are the ones who are getting richer from all the fees and we have been paying premiums in the hope that one day it will come in handy for emergencies like now. Mm. Okay, so my friend says, the insurers can't tell or control how the doctors charge. All the companies are making big losses ever since they launched the shield plans with full coverage. So when, what they did was to complain to the government, who in turn came up with the rules such as making it mandatory for doctors to list their charges for patients up front, but it's still flexible depending on the treatment involved. It's pretty scary how the doctors can charge their fees according to the patients they have, especially those in private practice. The government can only control those in public hospitals, but for private ones, they can only advise. Okay, again, so what? Because my insurance plan covers private hospitals. That was the option you gave me. That was the option I paid extra for. Don't come and tell me, unfortunately, everyone's been choosing private hospitals. You gave us the choice. Mm. You gave me the choice to fly either SQ first class or, I don't know, Silk Air economy class. If I have been supporting a premium that I know will give me the right to choose SQ first class, would I be a fool to say, oh, because I'm only traveling to Phuket, let's go to Silk Air economy. No, I will still choose SQ first class because it is my right to do so, damn it. Okay, so yes, so wait, please. Debs, Debs <laughs> is angry. Uh, I think you're rightfully so. I mean, I can see why you're angry. Hmm. Um, it's not that I don't feel it's unfair. It, it's very, very unfair. I don't think you should be penalised. And like what you said, if you pay to be able to choose bells and whistles, should you need it, it is your right. Because mm. you have been paying. Yeah. And this was what was presented to you initially. And that's why you chose it. Mm -hmm. And that's why you chose to pay a premium for it. Um, I, okay, speaking as me, as a consumer, I still cannot grapple why this unfairness is happening. Mm. I don't see why I should be penalised. Yeah. When clearly I didn't do anything wrong. And clearly all the doctors I know own three or more private properties. Oh, wow, okay. Maybe that's why we don't, because we're yeah. not doctors. Um, but I think as the insurance companies are still rolling out this new uh, scheme, they are also trying to iron out the kinks. Mm -hmm. and not very much has been revealed to us except for the new pricing and when the new pricing was announced many people were very unhappy especially those people like, like us who have been paying diligently and we haven't stepped out of line in any way and we haven't abused the system at all I, this is difficult because um, many people, many of my clients have also been reaching out to me to complain or to mm -hmm. let me know that they are very very unhappy and unfortunately like, okay, I think your agent was very, was, was able to very eloquently explain the situation to you yep. without being defensive. Because in all honesty, it's not her fault. Mm. Um, I would say, I'm not trying to defend her, but mm. 
like her, like us, we are maybe too low in the food chain yeah. to be able to make any real change. We can only gather the feedback and throw it back up, hoping that someone up there will listen. But unfortunately, as we speak today, this is a situation and you will need to... Okay, there are a few things that Debs mentioned. I will just summarize. Mm. It might make you more unhappy to hear <laughs> it again. Um, but yeah, so as we speak today, there are a few changes. One, even with the full rider, you will now need to co-pay. Mm. Okay, the first point of unhappiness. Two, there are certain insurance companies that have this claims-based pricing or premium. Mm. And if you make a claim, your subsequent premiums will be more expensive. Mm. This is pretty much like uh, car insurance. Yeah. Okay. But um, we, okay, me and Debs were having a chat before we started <laughs> this podcast. And she was talking about car insurance. Okay. Yep. Maybe you the, the, the ram the car up the tree is <laughs> interesting. Okay. So a friend of mine who works in a hospital was also asking me, okay, so this whole health insurance thing, right? Uh, what, what is it? You know, why are you so unhappy? So I sort of told her whatever I've been raging on five minutes ago. So the thing is, um, after I told her about my unhappiness, she says that, but it's the same with car insurance. When you get into an accident and you make a claim against your car insurance, the following year, you will have to pay a higher premium. I said, yes. But car accidents are man-made. They are sometimes, you know, the fault of one party or the fault of another party or the fault of both parties. But in my mind, will I actually go and ram my car against a tree to make a claim against my car insurance? No, I won't. Okay? So, first of all, I recognize that accidents are something that, you know, some there are some degree of responsibility, either from someone else or from you. Okay? So, that's why when... I think, and the point of car insurance is for you to take more care when you're driving on the road. Because nobody wants to get in an accident. Yes, the point is, nobody fucking wants to get into a car accident. Nobody will purposely go and get into a car accident so that they can claim against their motor insurance because they have nothing to benefit out of it. The same thing goes for here. You cannot apply this mentality onto my medical insurance because who doesn't want to be perfectly healthy? Who doesn't want to avoid the operating theatre if they can help it? Who... Who doesn't want to be cancer-free if they can help it, right? So, in the first place, do you think I accidentally go and expose myself to some kind of lump-causing virus so that I will have lumps growing all over my body? No! So, the thing is, the point about supporting and paying towards a medical insurance, premiums and things like that, is so that when, unfortunately, when I have lumps appearing in my body and I need an operation to remove them, Having supported this medical insurance over the years, I know with a peace of mind that I will be covered. Mm. So don't kind of tell me that, oh, because you make a claim against your medical insurance and you have somehow benefited from staying at Mount E for half a day, next year you need to pay more. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't mean... I mean, in my, in my mind, in my poverty-driven socialist mind, it doesn't make sense. Why somebody in this food chain is getting richer, why someone else in this food chain has been religiously paying their insurance premiums, and yet, when push comes to shove, the people who are not benefiting from it at all 
Okay, and I'm saying we're not benefiting because first of all, remember what I said about who wants to walk into an operating theater if they can avoid it, right? So in the first place, this is a necessity. This is not even something like, oh, you know what? Since I have two days off next week, let's sign up for an operation. Nobody says that, all right, unless you're talking about a nose job or a breast job, all right? But we're talking about an op for like health reasons, okay? So it's not an elective procedure, okay? So the thing is, nobody makes an appointment to have an operation for the fun of it. It's not a staycation, okay? So the thing is, the, the, whole, the whole idea that somebody's getting richer from all these, from the system, and then at the end of the day, it is the consumer who are penalized and who has to sort of help the insurance industry make back their money. The thought is ludicrous. It, I mean, you know, you know me, I've been like the biggest advocate of making sure that you are adequately covered, mm. whether for retirement, whether for health, whether for my hand, whether for my hair, whatever. If there's an insurance policy out there, you can bet your last dollar that I have bought it, okay? But this really, this episode has really shaken my faith in the insurance industry. Because yes, you told me three years ago in the letter that this is going to happen. But, you know, can I tell you right now, like three years, like I tell you now, like, I, send you a, I send you a letter. Hey, three years later, should you choose to change your plan? I, as a consumer, will not want to go with it. But then the, the point is, yeah, then you are the consumer. You let your money speak, law, don't continue. But the thought again is ridiculous because I have been paying for this insurance premium you know, this insurance policy, and the only choice they're giving me is either I play ball or I leave the court. Hmm. And that is just stupid. It's so stupid and... <coughs> okay, okay, okay. Unreasonable. That is making me so angry. Yeah. And then now today, as of today, we're recording this on Good Friday, 2nd of April. So today, officially, what is it that will kick in? Um, from April the 2nd, 2021, all integrated shield plan riders will require 5% co-payments, including renewals of existing IPs with full riders. So basically, even if you bought, like us, the insurance policy that promises to cover everything and you don't need to pay anything upfront, when you first bought this insurance policy and that was the biggest selling point, they sold you. Now, as of today, you will have to look at paying at least 5%? No, you have to pay 5% or there's a cap of $3,000 for those who are like, you know, whatever, paying that full thing. But right now, as of today, there is some money you have to pay. True. And okay, there's, there's another very important point that I need to highlight, which might make you even angrier. <laughs> I don't know why you're making us angry at your job, but okay, sure. <laughs> okay, so, okay, as much as uh, what I say may be unpopular, I still see it as my responsibility to highlight the important points. Okay? Yeah. So at least you know. Yes. Okay, obviously. rather than be like slapped. And like be so swayed by Deborah's anger, you decide to cancel all your insurance policy. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Okay. Yeah. Because as we speak, my mom's in hospital and I'm glad she has a policy. Yeah. But in any case, okay. Um, what Deb said just now, that you have to co-pay 5% and at a cap of $3,000. For most insurance companies, that is if you go to the panel of doctors. Yeah. Okay. Please, please, please remember this. That is, if you go to the panel of doctors and each insurance company has their own panel of doctors, yes, there might be some overlap, but you still need to check. And the best way to do this is to call your insurance company, not the agent, the insurance company directly, they have a hotline, for you to get the pre-authorization done. Okay? 
Let me just state what it means if you go to a non-panel of doctor. For example, if you are if you have to co-pay five or ten percent, depending on the insurance company, and you did not go to a panel of doctor, there is no cap. So if your bill is a hundred thousand, you pay five or ten thousand. If your bill is two hundred thousand, you do the maths. Mm. There is no cap. Yeah. So please go to your panel of doctor. Which Previously, I won't be. Which you won't be. You see, yeah. so there's so there's most likely no cap, ah. Previously, there there wasn't this um requirement for you to go to your panel of doctor. So you can just choose your own preferred or the doctor that you trusted, and there was no issue like oh you know I I trust you. I know you are capable, but I can't see you because you are not under. You're not represented by my Chok. insurance company. Yes, Chok. That's like that's like. The analogy here is buying a travel insurance and being told you can only travel in Southeast Asia and not anywhere else beyond. Yeah. Okay, continue. Even though there are such insurance policies. I oh mean, travel my insurance God. Policies. Okay, oh, this is just making oh, me angry. But okay, go on, go on. Before <laughs> yeah. I so rudely interrupted. So, I mean, there are so many... Okay, okay. Let me just come back to the original point. There have been doctors who have abused the system and not all doctors are bad, but there have been some. Okay. And as a result, others suffer. But there have also been some um, patients or consumers who abuse the system. Mm. I personally know of some cases where it's not that they see it as a hobby, but then again, I don't know what they call them, hypochondriacs, I, I don't know, okay? But I have friends who, who like to do checkups, even though it's not really necessary. And when they hear or when the doctors advertise that it can be fully covered, they know how to code it such a way that insurance company will, will pay, every few months, they are doing a procedure. Every few months. I'm not even exaggerating. It can be to remove a mole, it can be to do a check here, there, a biopsy or some, something, okay? But, you, so it's, it's two sides of the argument. You have errant doctors, you have errant consumers. You, yeah. But unfortunately, it's just a minority mm-hmm. that misbehaved that is causing the majority to pay the price. This, I think, is very, very unfair. Yeah. I don't know what can be done to correct this wrong or, or to just penalise those who have misbehaved. Yeah. And to... I, I don't even know if it's realistic, but I can understand why you are pissed and I feel I have been penalised unfairly. Mm. So, I'm reading this article on Asia One talking about this new whole co-payment thing, right? So, there's this very interesting paragraph that I'm going to read to you guys. This problem stems from having IPs with full riders whereby the consumers do not need to fork out a single dollar with the insurer covering the entire cost. Now, they draw a comparison. This is akin to going to a buffet. You eat more even when you're full simply because it's free and you're not charged extra for greater consumption. Now, first of all, there is something that I want to argue regarding this analogy, okay? It is not free. It is not free. This buffet is not free. We have been paying premiums, okay? It's not free. It's not something like I wake up one day and, oh, you know what, Debs? You've been awarded this healthcare insurance where it's full, you know, full riders and you get to stay at private hospitals every time you need a procedure done. It is not free. Like I said earlier on, there were options and I chose the top of the range in the hope that when I can go to a buffet, I have the right to eat as much oysters as I want. Okay? 
So first of all, it is not free. All right? And then this is akin to going to a buffet. You eat more even when you're full. Okay, so what? That buffet cost is not free. It's not free. So I do not agree with this analogy here. And you're not charged extra for greater consumption. The next time you go to a buffet and uh, you, know, you take a lot more food, and even when you're full, you decide to go for that bread and butter pudding. And say, for instance, no wastage. You eat. You eat until you're bursting at the seams. Okay? Will your waiter come up to you and say, oh, we noticed that your stomach was bulging. So that shows that you were full. So we're charging you for this extra consumption. No. Buffets. Okay, keyword here, buffet. I can eat as much as I fucking want as long as I pay the bills, alright? So first of all, it's not free. And secondly, it's a buffet that I pay for and so I can eat as much as I want. But then the next line is interesting. Case in point, IP policyholders with full riders have bills that are 60% higher than those without riders. Do I go into a buffet saying, oh, you know what, this buffet costs 60% more than the other buffet that I just walked past? Let me think. Do I want to eat at this buffet or do I want to eat at the other buffet? As a consumer, that should never be your problem. You can eat at whatever buffet you want. 60% more, 40% more, 40% less, 50% less. The point is, you are paying the bill. You are willing to foot the bill of whatever it costs to go into that buffet. So first of all, I am still angry and I, like, wait, wait, I don't think I can see any solution until, unless it's the policymakers, it's the insurance companies and whoever governs the doctors, I don't know, Ministry of Health, HSA, I don't know, right? Telling everyone to like spare a thought for the consumers who are ultimately the ones paying the price for this massive inconsideration and massive greed that's going on. You know, I, I, I really find it very hard considering how well off so many medical professionals are, okay? so many doctors, so many specialists are, I find it very hard to reconcile why I am the one who has to be shouldered with the responsibility of choosing the cheaper buffet, of choosing not to eat when I'm full, of choosing, you know, to leave the buffet so that other people have a decent chance at eating the buffet when I've been the one who's been paying the bills. So please, please enlighten me, tell me. You know, if you're an insurance person, if you are one of these policy makers who are like, you know, introducing all these schemes. Please tell me why I shouldn't be angry. Yeah. And with that, with that we await the answer from yeah. above. And I but in the meantime, please don't go and cancel your insurance policies. <laughs> but I, I mean, okay, in all honesty, I do hope that we can have a, a fairer outcome. Yeah. Because currently with what we have, it is completely unfair. Yeah. That's, that's all I can keep repeating. I don't think it's right that we are paying the price. I don't think it's right that we are, we are penalised yeah. for something that, for a wrong that we didn't do. Yes, and the thing is, right, if we keep, it's a slippery slope. If we keep allowing the, the industry, the insurance industry, to change the rule of the game, right, rules of the game, then who's to say that in three years' time or end of this year, we will receive a letter that says, that, you know what, from now on, there's no such thing as medical insurance. Everyone will just have to pay full. And the only medical insurance we'll recognize is like company benefits or company medical insurance. You know, it, if we don't put a stop to this now, who's to say that in three years' time, in six years' time, our medical like, you know, um, landscape wouldn't be like that of the US? Where everyone pays through their nose, okay, for like, just to stay in the hospital. 
you can say you buy a policy based on the current set of information that you were given. And every few years, those rules, they change. But if, we just, if we're just sitting ducks and we're allowing these people to call the shots, then who's to say that ultimately, whatever we were told that we were, bought, we were buying, you know, no longer applies. That, you know, the rules have changed. Your insurance policy that you, you have now is actually a shell of what we, were sell, we sold you. And next time, to remove a mole is going to cause you to remortgage your house, refinance your house, or even sell off your, your kids or something like that. I'm, I'm sorry for being like such a doomsday like sayer here, but my point is it's a slippery slope. And if you keep allowing these people to change the rules, then one day you will find that your insurance policy is really not what you bought. And at that point in time, all, you can, all they will tell you is you only have yourself to blame. For one, either not reading the letters, not reading the fine print, not understanding that this is how the economy works, not understanding that this is how the system works, blah, 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 blah. Whatever the bullshit they tell you, you will just have to accept it because there will be no other alternatives. Because if everyone chooses to play this game, you know, the only kind of insurance policies out there are those that even if you pay a premium, you still have to pay some money, you still have to do this, you still have to do that in order to get the coverage that you think you've bought, then, you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's just a system set up to penalise the consumers. And ultimately, I really don't see why, if this carries on, what's the point of having insurance policies? I'm sorry, I still think you shouldn't cancel your policy, but this is something we need to think about. And this is something that definitely needs to go into the mainstream conversations about coverage, about insurance policies, about healthcare, you know? And considering how things are going to get more expensive, you know, Singapore has an aging population, the burden on our, like, you know, future taxpayers, the burden on our medical bills are going to be so much higher. These things we need to think about. And the thing is, when we think, when the responsible ones like us think about these things, and that is why we buy insurance policies, we are not expecting every three years letters to come and tell us the rules have changed. Then what is the point of having foresight? What is the point of saying insurance is a safety net? Because it is clearly not. Yeah. So I think we've rented enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yes, we, we look forward to hearing from anyone who has a view on this. Mm. Maybe you think that I'm getting unnecessarily worked up, but you know, from a consumer point of view, I feel like this is my right to do so. Okay? But if you feel like there is a way we can we can we can address this issue and we can make this fairer and better for everyone, please email us at goodgirls talk about money, one word, at gmail.com. And with that, Hui, any parting words? Um, keep all your insurance policies. <laughs> if you have pre-existing medical conditions, do not cancel your policy and switch to a new company. Yeah. Because you will not be covered for any pre-existing medical condition. Okay? Mm. Because I have clients who are very unhappy with the system and they want to change companies. And yeah. I say, there is absolutely no difference. You mm. have to cope it anyway. Yeah. You can't escape this. There is no alternatives. And that is what sucks as well. But okay. yes, go on. So, um, do not do anything rash. <laughs> I would say, just stay with, especially if you have pre-existing medical conditions, just stay with your existing insurance company and hopefully, I mean, I, I really say hopefully, wait for 
the the bigger system to come up with a, a better solution for mm-hmm. all of us. Yeah, and you know, you will notice that throughout this thing, I did not mention the brand of my insurance um, policy because it is not brand specific. It is industry specific, you know. So if you are curious, like, oh, what is this sucky policy that Deborah just bought? You know, better go and find out the brand and cancel my policy. Please go and do that because you will not end up getting anything better out there as well. Nope. Yeah. Okay, so with that, wraps up our April episode. We'll yep. see you again in May. Enjoy um, your long weekend. Yep. Enjoy your long weekend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Although when this comes out, I don't know whether there's still a long weekend. But anyway. Enjoy April and we'll see you again in May. Thank you. Bye. Bye.